You are listening to a message recorded at Living Hope Church in Southwick, Massachusetts. We hope you find encouragement through God's word today. Here, Thank you so much for coming. Uh, most of you knew Pastor Dan wasn't going to be here. Most of you knew I'd be speaking, and you still showed up, so thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I want to welcome everyone who's watching online as well. Thank you so much for being with us today. I want to give you an encouraging message this morning about spiritual growth. Um, we talk about spiritual growth. We talk about spiritual maturity. Uh, we have some veterans here. We have some people here that have been following the Lord for quite some time. So, you know, it's always good to have a little bit of a reminder because sometimes we get stuck. Sometimes we doubt. Sometimes we get fearful. Right, so it's good to have that reminder. We also have some people who are newer to the faith, uh, people who are just coming back into the church. So I just want to give you a few instructions here. First of all, I want to say that spiritual growth has to be intentional. There has to be an effort on our part. Yes, Scripture tells us that we're all given a measure of faith and that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. But, much like a fire that's left unattended, our faith will die out if it's not stoked, if we don't keep adding fuel to the fire. So I want to give you just three simple steps. Easy to follow, easy to remember. In order to grow spiritually, we need to retire, desire, and then be on fire. All right, pretty simple. We can remember that, right? Retire, retire the old man in the worldly ways. Desire, desire to spend time in God's word and in prayer. And then be on fire for the Lord in everything that you do and make a difference for the kingdom. Before I begin, I do want to say thank you to Pastor Dan. I know he's not here, but hopefully he'll watch this later. Um, I want to thank you, thank him for trusting me with his pulpit this morning. It's a big thing. I don't take it for granted. It really is. So I want to thank him. And I want to thank him for the preaching and teaching class as well. It's been great, wonderful insights, a lot of good things coming out of that. Um, I don't consider myself a teacher. I consider myself more of a learner. Um, so if it's okay with you, I might do a little bit of preaching this morning. That's all right. You say that now, but all right. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, just a quick disclaimer, I am going to be using and referencing a lot of scripture today. I don't want you to get necessarily caught up in flipping through your Bibles to, to check it all out. Uh, we do have one focus verse that we're going to be looking at. So if you would, turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Peter 2, verses 1 through 3. 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3. Uh, I'll be working on the NIV for this one, which says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Lord is good. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you that we draw breath once again and can be in your house this morning to worship you today. Father, I pray this morning that I would speak only your truth, that you would anoint this message that you put on my heart, Lord, and may I decrease and may you increase. May all eyes be upon you and the truth in your word this morning, and may it pay dividends for your kingdom. Bless this service, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's look at that verse again. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Retire. Retire all that stuff from your lifestyle. 
Uh, where's the verse? I love it. I'll go up here. <laughs> like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, desire, desire to be in the Word of God, desire Jesus, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Be on fire. All right, so first we're going to retire. Retire the old self. Retire the old man. Peter says to rid ourselves of all of these sinful things and the sinful way of living. We need to retire from that lifestyle just as we age and head into retirement from our daily jobs and enter a new phase of our lifestyle. Patrick's retiring, right? He's got like 47 days left. He's getting ready for that. Where is he? Yeah. Praise God for that. All right, so just as we enter a new phase in our lifestyle and we head uh, into retirement from our daily jobs, we need to retire that old way of living and enter a new phase of spirituality. In our jobs, we're paid a salary, right? wages that we earn. We provide a living for ourselves and our family. But what does Scripture say we earn if we continue to live in sin? Romans 12, 6, 23 tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Don't you just love it? In this verse, it says we earn death, but God's gift of eternal life is free. And who doesn't like free stuff? I mean, I love free stuff, right? We need to turn away from earning death in order to grow spiritually. Retire that old man. Peter's saying to get rid of all of these harmful things in our lifestyle. Malice. Get rid of malice. Malice is the intention or the desire to do evil. It's ill will. Get rid of deceit. It's concealing or misrepresenting the truth. That's an easy one to do, isn't it? Get rid of hypocrisy, which is behavior that contradicts what one claims to believe or feel. Retire envy, which is a desire to have a quality or possession or other desirable attribute that belongs to someone else. And get rid of slander, which is a false charge or misrepresentation that damages another repu another's reputation. Right? These are things that we can easily fall into, sometimes without even recognizing that we're doing it, right? So it's easy to say to retire this stuff, but how do we do it? How do we retire this stuff from our lifestyle? Well, let's look at Ephesians 4, verses 20 to 24, which in the New King James says, But you have not so learned Christ. Oh, that's not reading it. It tells us to put off our old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And then to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off, concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I want you to underline that. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Okay, that's a lot. <laughs> We're not going to break all that down. There's a lot in there. That's a whole other sermon. But we can see by looking at this that putting off the old self can be a learning process. Do you see it in there? It says, you have not so learned Christ. If you have heard him, been taught by him. So we see that we need to learn how to retire the old self. And interestingly, it says to learn Christ, not to learn of him or simply about him, but to learn him. This is speaking of a living and abiding knowledge of Jesus 
that will keep us from the sinful behavior that Peter and Paul are speaking about. So it's more about more than having this knowledge in your head. It's, it's more than just memorizing scripture, although that's a, a great thing, a necessary thing for spiritual growth. But it's about having this knowledge and the ability to set our minds on the right thing. Retire that old man. Romans 12.2 tells us not to conform to the pattern of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, we change our way of thinking, and it changes our behavior. And this is one of the most fundamental aspects of our Christian growth. And I want you to think of it this way. Also, we're not adding Jesus to our old life, right? The old life has to die, and he becomes our new life, so that we can learn how to put aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. All right, let me give you an example about my morning, or my everyday life, just to illustrate how you're retiring the old self. Uh, this isn't about learning how to do it. This is, this is about the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? So most of you have heard my testimony. Most of you, uh, we did that video thing years ago. That was a little while ago. But some of you don't know. Um, I didn't grow up in the church. In fact, I had never even gone to church at all in my life until after I was saved. Right, that was at the ripe old age of 42 years old. Um, that was nine and a half years ago, if you can believe that. Time is flying by, right? Don't do the math. Don't do the math. No. I see some of you counting on your fingers. No, don't do that. But let me tell you, before Jesus, I had a filthy mouth. Absolutely horrible. Make a sailor blush. Awful. F-bombs, every other word. It's just awful. I hear people talk like that now, and I just cringe. I cringe. That was me. Oh, my goodness, that was me. So, of course, that's one of the first things that the Holy Spirit did was clean up my language. And, and truthfully, that's how I knew. That's how I knew Jesus was real, because it was immediate. It was immediate. Those, those words, they, they weren't even there anymore. They weren't my, they, my natural go-to. They were just gone. And that's what I think... Paul is referring to in Ephesians 4 when he says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. I had you underline that because that's a phrase, don't quote me 100%, I did some digging, but I believe that's a phrase that occurs nowhere else in scripture. So it bears some digging into. So what is the spirit of your mind? Well, 1 Corinthians 6.17 tells us that he who is joined to the Lord is one in spirit. So the divine spirit that brings about holiness and righteousness mingles with our human spirit, which is of this world, which brings about brokenness and death, and a change occurs. The spirit of your mind is about focusing, or rather allowing Christ's spirit to turn your focus to heavenly things and living a life that honors God. So that example that I'm giving you about my life, that, that was an immediate change brought on by the Holy Spirit. But as we saw earlier, it's a learning process for other things, and certainly there are some things in my life now that have and are taking a little bit longer, but aren't you glad that he has faithfully uh, promised to faithfully complete the good work he has begun in you? Yes. <laughs> All right, so that's the first thing. Retire the old man. Retire that old lifestyle. First, we put off the old self that was being corrupted by deceitful desires. We turn our focus to God, and we desire to spend more time with him and in his word. In our focus verse, Peter says to crave pure spiritual milk. 
And the word for crave that he's using here is a very, very strong one. In the original Greek, it implies man's deepest longing for God, such as in Psalm 42, 1, which says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. And the way that's phrased, O God, it shows a deep desire, almost a desperation for God. It's a subtle distinction, but read the, read the verse this way. If it, said, if, it, if it only said, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, God. We don't really get that, that sense of desperation and crying out to the Lord as we do with the phrase, O God. So that's what Peter is talking about, a deep longing and desire for God. So as we put on the new self, like newborn babes desire their mother's milk, we too develop a desire to spend time with Jesus, spend time with him in prayer and in his word. Basically, to fall in love with Jesus. I want you to think back. It's like when you first started dating your significant other, your husband, your wife, your fiancé, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Can we even remember that far back? But do you remember when things were new? Do you remember that feeling? It's a different feeling, right? It's a different kind of love. Right? You couldn't get enough of that person. You could listen to that person. You could talk to that person all day. And then when you parted, you couldn't wait to get back together with them, right? That's right. You couldn't wait. And even though sometimes that person may have had some hard things to say to you, you were willing to listen and you're willing to change because you love them so much. This is the type of desire that Jesus wants to cultivate in our hearts. But the problem is... We have so much that distracts us. This can be the most challenging aspect of spiritual growth in that there's so many other things that vie for our time, but there simply cannot be any growth without spending time in and developing a desire and love for Jesus and for the Word of God. All right, I'll give you an example. Uh, when I first wake up every morning, now this is me taking the advice of our uh, dear departed friend, Jan Mel. Uh, when I first wake up every morning, I just take a brief moment to say, Lord, I choose to walk in your spirit today. That's it. Simple phrase. Right? But it's just making that declaration, speaking it over your day that can make all the difference. Lord, I choose to be with you, so be with me. All right, so first thing in the morning, I have a puppy. You guys know that. Little Taylor Rose, seven months old cute little thing. She's got this little underbite. So cute. <laughs> She's beautiful. But she wakes me up every morning between 4 and 4.30 a.m. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so I got to take care of her first thing, right? When I come in, I make breakfast, I sit down at the table, and of course, the first thing I want to do is look up my fantasy sports scores, or I want to see how the Red Sox did, I want to see how the Patriots did, or... I want to check Facebook and see how many likes that last post about Taylor is getting. Right? Uh, I want to play the mobile games that I've been playing for the last eight years. I want to check my crypto investments, see what happened overnight, right? There's so much that competes for our time, and it can make getting into the Word a really difficult thing. But no, that first half hour, I make sure it's at least a half hour. That first half hour is reserved for prayer and for the Word. And speaking of desire, when, when you... Spend time. You'll just lose track of time. Right? You won't even realize. You'll be so immersed in the Word and you'll want to spend more time. That half hour becomes 40 minutes, 45 minutes, 50, an hour. I'm late for work. Oh, my goodness. You'll want to spend more time. Charles Spurgeon has this to say on desiring the Lord. 
So if you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ, you must live with him. First, he must himself speak to you, and afterwards, you must abide in him. He must be the choice companion of your morning hours. He must be with you throughout the day, and with him, you must also close the night. And as often as you may wake during the night, you must say, when I awake, I am still with thee. See, he didn't create us just to be Sunday morning Christians. He didn't save us so that we could have a casual faith. He didn't become sin for us. He didn't die on the cross for us so that we could sit here in this chair Sunday morning and blandly sing the words on the screen and then maybe say amen once in a while to make the pastor feel good. I'm sorry if that hit home a little. I'm sorry if that sounded cool, but it was meant to. <laughs> it's meant to hit home. It's meant to challenge you. It's meant to challenge me. I speak those words to myself as well because I'll be honest, there are some Sundays when I come in here I got so much going on. I got so much on my mind that I'm just doing church. I'm just going through the motions. So those words may have been challenging, but they are meant to challenge us. And if you thought those words are challenging, I want you to consider for a moment the words of Jesus in Revelation 3, verses 15 and 16 in his letter to the church in Laodicea. Jesus says this. He says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Other translations say, I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. Ouch. Those are tough words to hear, right? But it speaks to the truth that Jesus desires our whole heart. He wants us to desire him with our whole heart. If you haven't figured out from all my time up here, I, I quote him a lot. I like Charles Spurgeon because he tells it like it is. He is like the OG preacher from back in the day, original gangster preacher. He just pulls no punches. Right? Charles Spurgeon has this to say about lukewarm Christians and a lukewarm church. He says, alas, this state of lukewarmness is so congenial with human nature that it is hard to fetch men from it. Cold makes us shiver. And great heat causes pain, but a tepid bath is comfort itself. Such a temperature suits human nature. The world is always at peace with a lukewarm church, and such a church is always pleased with itself. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be that church. I don't want to be lukewarm myself, and I don't want our church to be either. Come on now. Come on. So what do we need? What do we need to motivate us? What do we need? What do we need to be from going, uh, go from being lukewarm to having a burning desire for the Lord? We need God's word. It's in there. What do we need to be that church that's built on the rock so that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it? We need a close relationship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We need the word of God. We need a desire for the word of God. You want motivation? You want to move from being lukewarm to having a burning desire for the Lord? It's in his word. Let's look how Jesus finishes Revelation 3, beginning in verse 19. He says, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears me, 
If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. My goodness, what an invitation. What an invitation. If that doesn't motivate you, I don't know what else to say. So stoke that desire to be in the word of God. Increase your faith because faith comes through hearing and hearing by the word of God. Crave pure spiritual milk. Fan the flames of your faith. Move on to the next phase in spiritual growth, and that is to be on fire. If you're still with me, somebody say amen, please. Amen. <laughs> All right. All right. First, we retire the old man in the worldly ways. Then we desire to spend more time in the word and prayer. And then we can be on fire for the Lord. In our focus verse, Peter says to grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. He's, of course, alluding to Psalm 34, which says, taste and see that the Lord is good. But a taste, a taste is just a sampling, right? It's just the beginning. It merely whets the appetite. So in essence, Peter is saying, Get down the basics first. Get that taste down. Get those first two steps down. Retire and desire. And then, then you can grow up in your salvation and be on fire for the Lord. So we talk about being on fire for the Lord, but what does that mean? What does it mean to you? Can you even define it? I would put it this way. It means that we have a passionate desire to fulfill God's will. It's about living a life fully devoted to God and his purposes. It's about being obedient to his word, about being obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. It's about being obedient to the calling he's put on your life. And trust me when I say that as an introvert, and I am an introvert, I have no business up here. <laughs> but I would have been very happy every Sunday to sneak in late to church, sit in the back row all by myself, and then leave a little bit early so I can go home and watch some football. But the Lord said, oh, no, no, I've got plans for you. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. So being on fire for the Lord also means that we're willing to take risks, to go out of our comfort zone to serve him. And also, uh, James 2.16 can tie into this as well, which tells us that faith apart from works is dead. So being on fire for the Lord and growing spiritually means we must have a servant's heart, we must be willing to consider others better than ourselves. And we must exhibit and act upon the fruit of the Spirit. Now I want you to think about fire for a second and the attributes of fire. Fire is consuming. Fire is hot. Fire burns brightly. Fire is also used to conform, to refine, to purify. So when you're on fire for the Lord, you're allowing him to consume you from the inside and out. Your desire for him is obvious. It's apparent. It burns brightly. You're allowing him to work on you and in you, conforming, refining, purifying. Being on the fire for the Lord is living with him morning, noon, and night, just as Spurgeon referred to in that quote I mentioned earlier. So allow yourself to be so overwhelmed by a passion and love for Jesus that you won't be able to contain it. 
then you'll want more. You'll want more of his character, more of his presence, more of the Holy Spirit. That's what being on fire for the Lord is all about. Amen? All right, that went quickly. As I begin to wrap things up, I want you to consider for a minute the day of Pentecost and shortly thereafter, the day when the Holy Spirit was given to the disciples, when tongues of fire came to rest on each of them. Now these apostles, they then exhibited a boldness to serve God without compromise, no matter the personal cost or danger. The religious leaders back then were astonished by the boldness of Peter and John. Right? Acts 4.13 says that when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, hello, just like me, just like you, ordinary people, when they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Did you get that? They took note that these men had been with Jesus. I began this message by saying that spiritual growth has to be intentional, that there has to be an effort on our part. So I put this question to you now. What can you do today? What can you do this week to intentionally grow your faith, to grow spiritually. I encourage you, make a plan. Have a plan. Make a plan to live for God this week. Spend time in his word. If you don't already, set a time, a specific time aside in your schedule. I recommend the morning. Just sets the table for your day. But set a time to really get into and meditate on his word. Or maybe you can do something like pray with a friend, a family member, a co-worker. Don't say, I'll pray for you. No, pray with them. Right then and there, pray with them. Or maybe you can set a goal to share Jesus with at least three people this week. Something, anything to let Jesus know that you're not going to be lukewarm. Let everyone you come into contact this week take note that you have been with Jesus. Retire the worldly ways that we so easily get caught up in. Desire, yes, crave the spiritual meat you'll find in spending time with Jesus and in God's word. And I promise once you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you will be on fire for him. So do me a favor. I want to know if you see the Lord move this week. I want to hear stories. I want to hear testimonies. I want to hear the great things that God is going to do when we're intentional in living for him this week. So please let me know. Would you come up to me next week? so that I can rejoice with you and I can praise God with you. Because I know if we make an effort to retire, desire, and be on fire, the Lord will move. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would move upon the hearts of this church, Lord God, that you would help us to be renewed in the spirit of our minds and draw us closer to you. Lord, I, I pray that each of us would take an active role this week in seeking you out, and that we would be intentional in spending time with you, Lord Jesus, in your word and in prayer. Lord Jesus, we repent. We repent because you are here and you are knocking at the door. And so we will let you in so that we may dine with you and you with us. I pray, Holy Spirit, that if and when we lose focus, that you will turn our eyes once again, turn our attention back, the author and finisher of our faith. And I ask, Lord, that you would 
show up in a mighty way this week, that you would show yourself strong in situations so that when we gather here next week, we can rejoice together and give you all of the honor and all of the glory. Bless us all, we pray, in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening. We invite you to join us Sunday mornings to worship with us. We are located at 267 College Highway in Southwick, Massachusetts. For more information about Living Hope Church, visit us online at www.livinghopechurchag.org.